calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Don't adjust your sets. That's right. This is the reunification of the Geek Buddies, but under the Outlaw Nation banner. This is very exciting. We are here live on the Outlaw Nation channel to break down the season finale of season four of Succession, the series finale. Here to talk about it on the channel here with open eyes and open mouths and I hope open ears for the three of us here. Thank you so much for joining us live. We appreciate it madly. And I got to make it no and I got to ask you guys or I got to ask all of you to be thank to, uh, to I got actually I got to say thank you to all of you for being patient with the delay. I had some stuff going on technical wise, but we are here live to talk about everything. I am the outlaw John Roca joined as always for these succession reviews by the Lord himself, Lord Shannon McClung. I couldn't fit it on the graphics, Shannon. So I just went with your regular name. I apologize. The Lord is displeased. (laughs) I'm not a serious person. I'm not (laughs) a serious person. I've got Friday guys. Uh, uh, And joining us because there is so much to discuss in this episode this colossal episode uh, uh, that, uh, that finally ends uh, Succession as a series, we reached out to the one person we felt who would understand what it's like to have a, a family, being a family, constantly vying for power with other children. Uh, and we knew the man we had to bring on is our fellow geek buddy uh, and Succession watcher, the great Michael Vogel. How are you, Michael? I, I'm Hey, I'm here. I'm the Kendall to your Shiv. I'm the Kendall to Shannon's Roman, and I'm ready to rock. Let's do this thing. I feel very, I feel very weird. I thought, first of all, I thought this was a Geek Buddies episode. So when the Outlaw Nation logo came up, I was very thrown off. I feel like I'm a guest on my own show because I haven't been doing these reviews with you. I feel very, I feel yeah. very on edge, which is probably the right way to feel. Yeah. Going into a discussion about this finale, so. <laughs> So I'm I'm I I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. There's there's so much to break down. We know you're ready. You've always been ready. That's kind of one of the great things about you, Michael. And so we're excited to get your points of views because Shannon and I have been having a blast doing these every week. If I can speak for Shannon, and we've gotten we've we've risen in views from like a thousand or twelve. We're up to four or five thousand views now. So people are tuning in to our reviews every week. So I'm very excited to have you joining us because some 
new perspective on everything I think is going to be a lot of fun. But I remind you all, this is a live show. So thank you all uh, in the chat there who are joining us initially. Please remember to hit a like on this video and subscribe to the channel and send in your Streamlabs and Super Chats. What are your thoughts about everything that happened in this episode? If you want to guarantee they're going to be read and addressed by the three of us, the Streamlabs and the Super Chats are the way to go. Put the Streamlabs address in the uh, chat there. It's also in the description of this video. So send it along as we go forward. And it's also right there on the graphic right above Michael's head. So if you have any questions about that, that's where it's at as well. So, And you know, Johnny, yeah, as our numbers have grown from week to week, yes. if, we take a, if we take a dip this week, Ooh. we know the reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It won't be. It won't be me. I am the eldest boy. I am the eldest boy. It is not my fault. It was promised to you when you were seven years old. It was promised to you. Um, so let's jump into this episode with open eyes. Hour and a half episode written by Jesse Armstrong, and of course, directed by Mark Mylod. So much happened in this episode. We finally saw the culmination of the Waystar Royco gojo deal go down we had the glimpse of what could have been with these three siblings the possible joy they could have had if they hadn't gone for the power if they hadn't gone for uh to be ceo of waystar royco in the in the wake of their uh, father's death if they had listened to their mother in a late night kitchen uh exchange maybe they would have avoided all of this stuff but by the end of the episode Tom is the American CEO under Matson. Greg is still saved through Tom's benevolence. Uh, Kendall is shattered, wandering around <laughs> with Colin, watching him. Uh, Shiv goes off with um, Tom in the car with an uneasy partnership that has shades of Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf. And Rowan, with fresh new scars, is no worse off than when he started, but maybe with a little bit more of an understanding of how unserious they have always been since episode one of this series so fascinating stuff Matson sitting atop the pile with tom and shiv a lot of people saying shoban meaning kiv king or whatever but shiv also means getting shivved in prison in the back so you know those kinds of things are all available with shiv's name and the symbolism as we go but shannon you've been riding with me uh, through this whole season so first dibs please your overall thoughts on this episode in this series finale I mean, when you have a season that has been so con consistently just home run after home run after home run, for them to stick the landing, to land the plane, it's it's the it's the most cathartic feeling for an audience. Yeah, um, you know, even like going in, like we just didn't know what was going to happen. Some of our predictions last week, we got some of them right. We did get all, some of them right. Yeah, none of these kids are getting anything. <laughs> well. <laughs> They're, aside from the billions of dollars that they're getting. Well, but fair yeah. point, fair point. I mean, you know what? That's that's an excellent point to dig into. <laughs> Whenever you see sad Kendall, it's like you're walking away with so much money. Um, but but had someone said last week that it was going to be Tom that Matson yeah. was going to put up there, it would have taken me a second, but I'm like, crap, maybe, okay, maybe that's right. I mean, across the board, yeah. performances, writing directing it it was just 10 out of 10 um so 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 enjoyable i love the fact that we got a 90 minute episode there was not one moment that i looked down at my watch or checked my phone to be yeah. like huh, how long are we in i if anything i checked to be like how much do we have left because i yep. don't want it to stop 
Um, The only thing I wish we would have seen more of, and this is this is this entire season is more shots of Sandy senior smiling as he, as he's being wheeled into the headquarters. I just want to see the glib expression being like, I'm in your house. You son of a bitch. I put you in the ground and I'm in your house. He, he needs to be the new meme like Bernie Sanders was. And like, they need to put him sitting down smiling in all these different pictures through history for sure. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, Michael, your overall thoughts here is your debut appearance on these reviews for Succession. Your thoughts on this season finale and everything we got here as a series finale as well. Well, thank you very much for having me on. I, I'm uh, I, I'm glad to hang out with you guys and talking about stuff that is not uh, Star Wars and Marvel related. So this is really exciting. Um, but you know, much like Johnny, much like you and I talked about with Picard season three, it Ooh. is a joyous feeling yeah. when you are watching a show where it is very clear that they know exactly what they want to do. Like every and Shannon Shannon said it, but it's true. This season was banger after banger after banger. Every single episode this season was a home run, and it was a home run because they knew exactly where they were going, and they knew exactly what pieces they needed to put into place to build this house of cards so that in this episode, they could just knock the cards down. Yeah, And it was done so perfectly and so eloquently, and I think... The thing that is in particular great about this episode specifically, you can say this about the series as a whole, but this episode specifically is for something to be a true tragedy, it has to dangle the happy ending in front of you. Yes. And Succession has done such a good job over and over and over again, but I think maybe nowhere better than in this series finale of giving you, you can see it, there's the path to like this is the happy ending for the kids i mean they're all assholes we probably you know we we all have our versions of happy endings but for those three they showed us what the happy ending was so clearly that when it all fell apart it is a true true tragedy on a shakespearean level uh (laughs) and it was just to Shannon's point, a joy to watch. We did. I was watching it with some friends last night, and we actually did pause it at one point just to see how much more time we had left because we didn't. We're like, please, like, please tell us there's at least another 30 minutes in here because I don't want this to end. So it was every single scene was just pure perfection. Yeah. I have to say, you know, when people talk about art, they don't really always think about television shows, but this is art. As you said, Michael, Shakespearean, as you said, Shannon, seeing the attention to detail here and the way they constructed everything to lead to this point in this finale, this is art. Absolutely. You can go back and rewatch at these seasons and get something different every time you watch it, depending on where you're at in life. And that's usually a great um, notification of art. You know, it's it's that it can do that every time you rewatch it. I think this goes in the annals of the greatest TV series ever. And it's something that Shannon and Michael Vogel had to talk me into watching because I couldn't care less about rich people pissing shit away. And I could not have been more wrapped uh, and caught up in this thing from the beginning. And this season... You could argue which season is the best season, and that's incredible to say the final season could hold, could go toe-to-toe with any other season, and they had their main character die three episodes into the season to really throw a wrench into everything, and they still 
landed the plane comfortably and easily for everybody on that plane, except for Logan. But so I was like blown away by how much of this all worked and how much I bought into everything. Do, do, do I, did I want more Connor? Absolutely. Did I want Marsha to throw a wrench in the works out of nowhere? Yes. But in the end, the right people were involved to wrap this whole thing up. And the way it all went down made so much sense because it brought to life exactly or it, 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 um, it, it proved that Logan was right, that all three of them are not serious people. And this whole breakdown with Roman just saying yes, just to get out of the room, voting for or no voting no, rather, to just to get out of the room. But Shiv being the one to finally step up, take responsibility and shatter the illusions that the three of them had that they were serious people to be taken seriously. And what it led to the three of them fighting like they would in a living room over the TV remote. Who's going to get chicken? Who's going to get steak? It was incredible to watch, and I was blown away by it. And having everybody watch them melt down, I think, added even more oh. to the drama. And that's right. Shannon could, Shannon would run from a room like that because it's so uncomfortable, but it worked so well. Uh, those, right. uh, those glass office walls seemed like such a good idea when they were designing <laughs> that their headquarters. <laughs> for sure. Um, so let's uh, let me go to you, Michael. I'm just going to ask questions, guys. I'm not going to. Yeah. We all know what happened. It's a spoiler review. We know what happened in the episode. So if you're watching, I hope you've seen the episode. Mike, did Shiv do the right thing? Why did she anoint him in the kitchen? Convince uh, a Roman to go along with them. Have that sweet moment where they swam out and they gave him uh, the, uh, the, um, the, uh, the benediction that he would be the king. They did a meal for him, had that fun night in the kitchen. But in that critical moment when they're voting... Did Shiv do the right thing? And in the end, why did she anoint him and then turn on him in that board meeting that led to that altercation in that adjacent room with all three of them? Well, I mean, I think it's a I think that question is hard to answer because there isn't really a right thing. Okay. I mean, that's the nature of this show is these three can't get out of their way. Like, if these three ever made a choice that wasn't informed by years and years of emotional generational trauma they would have been fine but like there is no right thing because none of them are serious people (laughs) you know uh i was listening to the to the podcast the the the, um the uh the succession podcast today which is part one of two because there's so much to talk about but they were uh they were interviewing Skarsgård and he was talking about madsen and he and he talked a lot about how he felt like madsen was kind of disappointed like when logan dies in one way madsen is happy because his big competition is out of the way but in the other way he's not happy because he was kind of excited about going to -to toe-to-toe with this titan and he ends up with the three that like should just be sitting on the bench the fail sons and the daughter yeah Yeah. And, and, and it's like and so does shiv make the right choice well you could argue that yes she does because none of them should really be in charge but that's not why she makes that choice right like like the the difference in the kitchen scene mm-hmm. if we're gonna like break it down yeah. like the kitchen scene where like they make the decision that the three of us are in this together and the boardroom scene where she's like i can't with you um the difference is that kendall everything kendall says to them in the moment is true once it's clear that madsen is going to fuck shiv over and they're trying to decide what to do. Yeah. Roman, who publicly broke down at the funeral. Yes. And has kind of proven that he's not the guy. No one is going to get behind him. 
Shiv has been on Team Madsen until literally 10 minutes before they had this conversation. So no one's going to take her seriously. So if you're going to have one of the three children be the person, Kendall is the logical choice. So in that moment, they're like, look, this is what we have to do. This is how we keep it. This is how we're going to do it. And Roman and Shiv have that whole conversation on the beach yeah. while Kendall is, you know, floating in the water for the 95th time in the series. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're like, both of them are like, he's going to be unbearable. Yeah. He is going to be unbearable, but this is what we got to do. So let's do this. It's the three of us. We're in this to win this. And if you go back and watch it, and I rewatched it, yeah. watch the moment when Stewie is in the office and Kendall is in Logan's chair yeah. and he puts his feet up on the desk. Yes. Yes. And then think back to every time Kendall has had any level of power in this yeah. series. Yeah. Even this season, yelling about how he wanted a whole house and clouds built in 12 hours for his presentation. Yeah. He, it, the second that Kendall gets any level of, un, of, of power, he is the most unbearably douchey human being in the entire world. And Shiv was like, this is what we need to do for the family. This is what we need to do in the family. And in that moment, she had this visceral reaction of, I don't care if I burn down the world, fuck this. I can't let him have this. Right. Like, and it is not rational. Like for anyone, and I've seen people on Twitter that were like, this was Shiv's calculation of how, there's no calculation here. No. Shiv's weakness and flaw as a person, and we can talk about Kendall's and Roman's because yeah. all of them have him, but Shiv's weakness is she wants it and she can't stand Kendall thinking he deserves it. Right, yes. And she would not, she just couldn't get past it. And yeah. that, so did she make the right call? Like in the big, like, I think none of the, I think all three of them would have failed no matter who was CEO. So Fair. in the big, in the big scheme of things, like maybe she made the right call, but I think as far as like the kids go, this is a tragedy. None of them are able to make the right call. That is the tragedy. That is why they are not serious people or in Roman's terms, that's why they are all bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. They're all bullshit. Shannon, your thoughts uh, about Shiv's decision here. Do you think she did the right thing? Why did she anoint him, then turn on him? Uh, and, of course, uh, with what Michael brought up as well, what are your thoughts overall here? I mean, Vogel, you know, no shock, uh, uh, hit, checked off a lot of the boxes here. Mm. Um, what I would say, and Stormy Woods in the chat just kind of uh, had the same thought, Kendall uh -huh. is a sore loser, but he's a worse winner. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, in terms of Shiv, when she makes these these decisions she's making, she's making emotional decisions. Yes. Like she has found out that, you know, Matson again, she's getting screwed over again. Yeah, yeah. And so the quickest way to get back is to get with her brothers. Like they are, they are the opposition to this person who just did her right. wrong. Right. And the way that Kendall laid it out, he is, uh, he is the best option in a series of bad options mm -hmm. because Roman has, proven he's he will not be able to hold it together shiv was as they said in the show was just singing matson's praises but also she knows she doesn't have she doesn't have the chops like had she gotten in on the ground floor when her brothers did maybe she would but she chose to go her own path she wanted to get involved in politics had she been in from the beginning she probably would have been the right choice had she gotten some some business experience under the tutelage of her father um and then when they're at the uh the apartments uh trying to figure out who gets what 
and she finds out it's Tom. Yeah. Um, that was another very, well, Tom tells her. Tom tells very, her. Yeah. well, oh, yeah. The, the amount of bad decisions. After a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, he no, her, no, no. yeah, he's an idiot because he tried to lie to her and then just kind of revealed it when he went. Sorry, oh, it's my assistant. You should just let um, it happen. You should just let it happen. Hi, Shani. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Shani didn't like that. <laughs> she gave me the bird. <laughs> I don't know. She gave you a look. That's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, yes, go ahead. <laughs> but but that that is that's what Shiv does. Shiv yeah. makes uh, emotional decisions in the moment. And then she comes to realize, ooh, maybe that wasn't the best call. Right. Um, also, I mean, and this this is more as, you know, Shaney and I were watching it. This is more Shaney on our rewatch this morning. She was like, do you think she did this for Tom? Um, you know, there's the argument to be made that she wanted to stay close to power. But at the beginning right. of the episode, she's asking Tom, do you want to be in a real relationship? That's a great point. And, she's very vulnerable on the plane. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And in this situation... She's essentially like she's given it to Tom at that point. Yeah. So is that why she did it? I think I, I think there's an argument argument to be made for it. But ultimately, yeah, I mean, the whole idea that Kendall would just be insufferable for the rest of their lives and they have an opportunity to get out. Also, during the board meeting, um, when Kendall is talking to the board and says, guys, let's do this for my dad. And that's another cut over to Shiv. Yes. And it's like, dad was going to get out. Yeah. And so if you really want to honor dad's wishes, yeah. let's wash our hands of this. He also, yeah. I mean, along those lines, Kendall also in the boardroom says, Roman and I landed this Gojo deal. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. And Shiv was the one talking to Madsen. Like, he says, Kendall does, like, when you really go back and watch it, when you're like, why does Shiv do what she does? Yeah. Absolutely the Tom thing plays in. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a reason that they have that conversation with her and Tom on the phone. Yes. And there's a reason that they have Tom straight up say to her, you would do the same thing in your position. Like, yeah. you, like, like, there is a, her and Tom have laid bare everything. Yeah. in this season and i think that absolutely plays into it but kendall uh to your point like stormy woods is right yeah horrible horrible loser worse winner and the second that he thinks he well he won and the, and when and like if and like i will she sarah snook deserves the emmy just for the moment when kendall says i don't think it's all about me <laughs> and she goes, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Like, it is the most visceral, like, you absolutely, everybody watching this series right now for four seasons knows that you absolutely think this is all about you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the question is, did Shiv do the right thing? And the thing is, you're. I think you both make excellent points on whether it is right or not, or whether it can even be classified by those simplistic uh, categorizations. I think in the end, she does what she thinks is best in that moment, has a surprising um, feeling of, uh, or a surprising epiphany in that moment, and finally understands that they are, as he said, bullshit. They are I don't... all bullshit and just makes the decision in that moment to say, no, not you, for God's sakes, not you. You're right, Michael, the feet on the desk. But then in the board meeting, even before he says, do this for my dad, he's like, guys, do I really need to explain things to you? Let's just go to the vote. It's the hubris of Kendall. In the end, yep. she realizes this guy will sink it all 
possibly maybe cost us all money, cost us everything, the legacy, whatever. She still remember she loves her father, and she gave that she gave that a eulogy and said all the things that she said. It would be from a place I think from a place of the affection for her father, as messed up as that may be, with the relationship she had with him. That feeling that what he built could be destroyed by Kendall might have played a part in this as well. I, yes, does the Tom play a part? Let me finish. Does Tom play a yeah. part? Does the baby play a part as well? The fact that there is a lineage here. But I think in the end, Michael, like you said, it all comes down to the fact at its base core level, she does not think he is right for the job and that he will do, he will destroy it all. And the truth is, she may have done them all a fucking favor. Right, she gets into a position where she's power adjacent, where she's always been. By the way, since the episode one, Roman is at, Roman is just now can go and do whatever he wants with all the money he has. He doesn't have to have the pressure of being a part of it. He was breaking down in Kendall's office, and Kendall like reopened his wounds. Oh, we'll talk. Yeah, shirt, we'll get there. Is, we'll get there. BDSM shit, and then and then um, when she sees how Kendall is, she realizes like this. This is now Kendall can go and do what he wants to do. Maybe he'll be an old man muttering to himself on that park bench for the next 40 years, but at least he doesn't go down in flames and possibly cause himself even worse damage emotionally and mentally to himself. Maybe he can repair things with Rava. Maybe he can go be a dad to his kids again. So in a way, I'm not saying she had any of those thoughts. I'm just saying the result of this may end up being positive in the long run. I agree with you about the result of it for sure. Although I don't think that Kendall's going to fix anything. I think Kendall, I think Kendall is going to hyper-focus on this point in his life and be a disaster for the rest of his years. But he's going to try to go after Matson like for the rest of his years. Do you think that's what he's going to do? I think I think he's no. I oh. think he's just done. Cause like somebody, oh Jeremy, did Jeremy Strong say this or Skarsgård say this? Somebody oh. said it on the podcast today, but they were like, they said that um, yeah. No matter what, like Kendall will probably, if we're gonna talk about what they're all gonna do after the show, Kendall will probably start some company. Yeah, yeah. And he'll pro- and like we said, he's got billions of dollars. He's fine. <laughs> yes, but yes. like he'll probably start some company. He'll be more successful than most people were. Yeah. But he's never going to be his dad. Nope. Never. And, and that, that is going forever. to just haunt him until he's dead. Yeah. So on Shiv, I do think, and Jeremy Strong said this in the podcast today on the Succession podcast, which everybody should listen to. It's really good. Yeah. But um, I don't think, and I agree with him on this. He said this, but I agree with him. I don't think that Shiv thinks that he would do a bad job. Oh. I think that Shiv, that's the one thing she says that's a lie. Wow. I think okay. I think that Shiv, this is not about her making any kind of bigger, grander, more altruistic no, dad's no. legacy, the company. She this isn't about whether Kendall be good or not. Arguably, given how he handled certain things this season, yeah. Um it like in the press conference, he might have done okay. Maybe he would have. He'd he'd have been horrible. Everybody yeah. would have hated him. But hey, a lot of people hated Logan. So maybe he would have turned into his dad. But she just couldn't deal emotionally with what a piece of shit he was going to be doing it. And this was purely an emotional, like, I cannot fucking like the the the, i think the key here and you said it john and i think you're 100 right in the boardroom they fight like three kids fighting over the remote 
Yep. And in the kitchen, they are like three kids giggling and having fun when the parents aren't around. And I think that's actually key. I think that's intentional yes. because it's a reminder that none of the three of these people yeah. make decisions based on any adult logic. Right. Every decision they make is a visceral childhood decision because they all are suffering from generational trauma and have not actually progressed beyond childhood. And so every decision they make is a... I want to make daddy love me decision. Yeah. And let me ask you something, Shannon. There's two things that happen at that board, after the board, when they're in the um, in that room. Address them, Shannon. Kendall won't leave her alone when she says, I need space. Maybe, just maybe, she would have made the decision for Kendall if she had been left alone by Kendall. And But then Kendall also lies that he lied, that he said he was lying about killing the waiter. So, I mean, those, as if I mean, he, and this proved her point. I think Kendall fucked himself by not letting her be alone, trusting that she'd come to her thoughts. It was his final chance to be the adult in the room, to be the CEO in the room. And instead he, he, he berated her and then he went after her instead of letting her have time and patience to figure things. It's the same thing he did with Rava on the street by interrogating her about their kid and whatever. He has no respect for women and he will absolutely try to dominate them and bully. Like with Jess, he even calls his new assistant, not Jess or new Jess. So it's the, 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 the misogyny and disrespect is all over the place. But in that moment, it was his last chance. Was that the final nail in the coffin for Kendall? when he did all that and lied about killing the waiter. I think that I think when, when he gets cornered, he starts grasping at straws. <laughs> and I, I do think, I, I think you might actually have a point there. Had he opened the door said, Hey, is everything okay? Yeah. Had he taken a more gentle approach versus him being able to see, you know, the finish line yeah. and being like, I, I have to get there. I have to get there. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Had he given her that moment, maybe that would have been enough that that he said, you know what, take your time. We're going to be right in here. Yeah. Maybe that would have been enough for her to be like, you know what? Okay, maybe maybe he can do it. Yeah. But then after when she says that, you know, I, I don't think you can do this and it becomes the whole thing. <laughs> I, I thought it was, you know, dirty play when she's like, well, one, <laughs> you killed somebody. It's like, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. I just didn't know how. But damn. Yeah. <laughs> but watching Kendall just backpedal. Yeah. Like, you can see the house of cards is yeah. just crumbling at that point. And that's when he loses Roman. He's like, wait, you made that up? Yeah. Or are you lying right now? Like, look at this. You can't do this. Like, someone eventually, if a situation like this comes up again, you're going to you're going to fall apart. Yeah. So watching the three of them where it actually gets physical, yes. which I thought was interesting when uh, Kendall and Roman, even in the heat of that battle, yeah. um, it was still uh, sibling wrestling, not a punch was thrown. It was right. a lot of just grappling and trying to get the other person down. And then as uh, as Kendall gets back up and he's looking for any outlet he's like let's offer frank let's yeah. okay you don't want it to me let's offer frank yeah. he start he's trying to be like all right how can i save this how can i save this and at that point it is just too late but the yeah. moment that he you know that was the moment where they came together at the end of season three right when you yeah. find out he was he complicit 
in that he was in the car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Did he actively kill this person? No. And Roman even says it. He's just like, it sounds like you were a hero. Like you, you know, you dipshit shouldn't have been behind the wheel, but at least you yeah. tried to go back and, and save the person. Um, yeah, it was just heartbreaking to watch because when you saw the three of them in the kitchen, that mobilization, like yeah. uh, the, the three of them are back on the same page. To me, that was that's like out of an Avengers movie. Like yeah, you see yeah. the team is back together. You can hear the theme music kicking in. It's like, all right, here we go. And they cannot get out of their own way. Yeah, I see some people go, like, ship didn't need space or whatever. women. You, it's dudes always say this. Oh, shit. no, you got to understand, man. You, I learned this by my own mistakes many times in my life. When a woman says, give me space, give her her fucking space, son. She might come out on your side if you just give her the space and trust that she'll process everything that's gone before and make her decision. That's the difference there in that moment, Michael. Because you mirror when when uh, Shiv said to him earlier in the episode, Michael uh, Shannon was talking about when they're on the kitchen, but later when they're out by the waters, you mentioned he Shiv says to him, "Give us a few minutes. Me and Roman, we're going to talk." Roman does. Roman, or sorry, Kendall does. Kendall goes and jumps in the water, swims to that that pier area. If he had done the same thing here, who knows if Shiv would have maybe in the end decided to go for Kendall and take a chance. I think you're right. But what do you think? And I don't even think it needs to be a gendered thing. I think he's done it to men too. He oh, did fair, it to fair. the finance guy. Fair, he did yeah. it. I mean, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that you're saying this, but like just to, just to be yeah, clear on Kendall, yeah. like he did it to the finance guy. Yes, yes. Hey, are the numbers good? I don't know. Are the numbers good? Tell me the numbers yeah. are good. Tell me the numbers are good. You know the numbers are good. Don't be an asshole. Tell Give me, me the clouds. Good. Give me clouds. And then he did it. And then he did it to his assistant. Hey, I scheduled some time next week for us to talk. Well, tell me now. Yes. Tell me now. Right. Well, tell me now. Why the fuck did you tell me this today? Like, this is just, this is who he is. We've seen it over and over uh, and over and over and over again. Um, the one thing about the dead person um, that I think is important, I don't remember exactly what Brian Cox said. I don't remember exactly what Logan said. Oh. But when, when everything went down in that first season and Logan was like, I'm going to take care of this. He refers to the waiter as a non-person yeah. or a not important person. And Kendall takes offense to that. Like Kendall's like, that's a horrible thing. How could you say this? And that's important because great point, man. Now <laughs> when he's so close to his finish line, yeah, yeah. This person becomes a non-person to him. Yeah. And so you just see how all of them. When they get close to that thing that they think they want, every moral, every ethic, yeah, it goes out the window. It, yeah. it just completely goes out the window. And I think the thing, and this is where Succession is brilliant, and this is what makes Succession a brilliant show is, as 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 Logan says, none of these are serious people. Yeah, like there's nobody to root for here. Like Shiv is not great. Roman is not great. Yeah, Kendall is not great. We have watched them over and over and over again over the course of four seasons do horrible things yeah yeah but we've also sort of gotten in there with them and we're sort of rooting for them even though like we're we're not and so we're sitting here now at the end of it watching this whole thing fall apart and going well what if they had done this or what if they had done this but these are not people that would have ever done those things yeah they are all horrible people yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, all right, well, let's take a quick break as we're at the half-hour mark. And uh, when we come back, we'll hit some of these Super Chats, but then dive into some more of the show here. Um, uh, when we come back, uh, do I have anything? Yeah, right after this. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Oh. Ready? <laughs> no, don't worry about it. It's all right. Did it's you just grunt? Season. Was that just a... What's that? Oh. <laughs> that just... <laughs> um, all right, let's hit some of these Super Chats. I want to make sure we don't get too far into the show before we hit some of these. Francisco Lopez. What's up, Francisco? Good to see you. Says, I love this series and the finale, but this episode was not good for my health. I felt like I have high blood pressure throughout. LOL. The finale is one of the best finales I've seen in a long time. And the series is one of the best shows of the past decade. Also, this show, it's a, it's a show you can't truly trust. Oh, it's a show that shows you that you can't truly trust your own family. Wow. There we go. Gentlemen, thoughts on that? Definitely not good for your blood pressure. Like I was, I, I was, I was sitting next to my friend on my couch, and I, I think I actually maybe bruised him. I kept grabbing his arm so hard at anything anybody said. Like I was breathing heavy. Like it was, it was a very intense ninety minutes. Agreed. Agreed. Shannon, thoughts? Anything? Uh, uh, definitely one of the best shows of the past de- yeah. decade. I, I mean, I, I think you can, as you already said, John, I mean, you can make the argument like this is one of the best, one of the best, one of the best dra- dramatic series in the history of television, without a doubt. And it's interesting because like my family, we have a good relationship. I have two older sisters. Of course, we fought when we were kids, um, but we, you know, we actually have, we, we have a solid relationship. So when I see something like this, when I watch a show like Succession, it's just like, oh my gosh, good thing it's only just TV, huh? But then chatting with other folks who do have these uh, contentious relationships yeah. with their own family. I mean, there's people that I've, you know, folks that I've gotten to know recently who like, they have a brother who's like estranged. Like to me, I'm like, Wait, what? I mean, and to know that someone would go, someone would go around your back, like stab you in the back, and they would know exactly where to hit you because they've known you since you were a baby. Yeah. I mean, to me, that is just, rah, rip my heart out, put it on yeah. the table. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, I think this is already in my top 10 ever. Like, honestly, I can't believe I'm saying that. Well, uh, yeah, good. No, and I do think, I mean, I just do think that, like, everybody not just me and not just you guys like everybody throws the word Shakespearean around but I think it's interesting to talk about like what that means and I think what it means Mm -hmm. is this isn't there's lots of shows about family drama there's lots of shows where like everyone's in a fight and whatever but the the uh, heightened drama Mm -hmm. that they created with these characters like these this larger than life thing there's a reason that when Shakespeare was doing his thing 
all the peasants were going to see all these plays about kings and queens and princes in the same way that we're going and watching these very, very rich people and their very rich people problems. But something about that just heightens it to this like giant level that makes everything feel so much bigger that allows you to tell this emotional story on such a bigger tapestry. And I think that's part of what makes it feel so huge. And I think like any great literature, right? There's there's obviously going to be there because there are people who are coming out with articles this week going like, why do we care? And the same things I've said right before I started. It was like, why do we care about the problems of rich white people? And say they say that not about literature. What do I care about privileged white people in a Jane Austen novel or whatever? But there's literature and there's art, and there's something to be learned from that. And that no matter how much money and no matter how much money you have or don't have, there are incredible, incredibly difficult things that you go through. And the more money there is, it heightens the drama of all of that. So you could argue those are very raw, interesting and artistic approaches to the world and, and uh, commentaries on relationships. So, yeah, I mean, you can't discount it. I, I don't, just cause I didn't want to watch it initially. didn't mean I disapproved of it existing. It just wasn't my cup of tea until <laughs> I watched. And then I did. And then it was, it wasn't your cup of tea until you tried the tea. Until I tried the tea. Exactly. And that's a good <laughs> lesson for me, for sure. Paul says, what is the, what is the significance of the episode title? Whose eyes are wide open? Have Roman eyes been, has Roman's eyes been opened at the end? It's a good question. I I thought it was Shiv because she made the de- she made the decision right at the end and realized they are all bullshit and fuck it. Like, no, I'm not gonna let this happen. What do you guys think? With open I mean, up- I would definitely go with Shiv. I, I would say Shiv and I would say Roman as well. Um, you know, there is an expression that he had. There's a there's a look on his face when he's in the bar at the end, because even though he was the last one that Logan said, you're going to be the one. Yeah. He didn't want it. Like yeah, he, yeah. he, he didn't want to do this. And there was such a sense of, uh, 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 resignation, but not in a bad sense. Like, I think yeah. he, when he's having that martini by himself at that bar, I think he is so glad yeah. to have this out from under him like it is done i can now i can now move forward yeah. and he doesn't but he at the same time he doesn't know what going forward is right like and it's it, that's going to be i think to me that's with his his eyes are wide open Kendall, eh, maybe not. I think his eyes are wide open because they're this big and he can't believe what just happened. <laughs> yeah, Mike, I mean, I mean, Roman may be in for the next few months or years of panic attacks, but if he confronts his emotions, confronts his stuff after Kendall like broke through and like ro- reopened his wounds, his having trouble dealing with Jerry being in the room, then un- uh, how can I say this? Then begrudgingly going in and signing the contract next to Ooh. Matson and taking the picture but ending up there at the bar with that martini, maybe at the end, even though he revealed to um, uh, to Kendall that second son syndrome or the middle son syndrome, when he's like, why can't it be me? Why wasn't it me? Why couldn't it be me? He's like Salieri telling, crying to Amadeus about why God didn't give him the same gift. It's what you're seeing there. But in the end, he's not good enough. And you're right, Shannon. Maybe he is sitting at that bar, actually relieved that someone else took it out of his hands and he didn't have to go down in flames himself. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, look, I mean, Roman is the one that says we're bullshit and his eyes are wide open. And I do think out of the three of them, it looks like to me, and I think a lot of people read it this way, that Roman might be in the same place he was at the very beginning of of the series, but he's free. Yes, he can go right, live the right. life and he can be the asshole that he always was. It's not going to make him a better person. I don't know that he's learned a lesson and he's going to all of a sudden this isn't his Christmas Carol Ebenezer Scrooge moment. <laughs> 
no he's yeah. still a dick and he's got a shit ton of issues yeah. um but i think you know and one thing that's interesting and i don't know this poem so i don't know it well enough to break down what all of it means but yeah each of the season of uh, uh, the season finale titles is from the same poem Ooh. um it's called dream song 29 by john berryman and it's a poem um, which is about a man who often wakes up filled with panic guilt that he's killed someone. But when he checks to see the damage that he's done, he discovers that he hasn't killed anyone. And the episode titles for uh, Succession uh, uh, are all about this poem. So okay. check out the poem. And there's probably a lot to unpack there. But like, yeah. so there's layers upon layers. But as far as whose eyes are open, I do think that what even though Roman's the one who says it, I think that the ultimate point of this episode is we yep. spent four seasons with all of these kids thinking that they are the ones to step into dad's shoes and take over this empire. And the eyes are open that like none of them have what it takes. Yeah. That, that's what I fall. I just, as you were talking, Michael, it occurred to me, you know, cause I'm always analyzing these, but it occurred to me. Yeah. That maybe we're the ones with open eyes finally seeing that although we fell into the trap of cheering for Kendall in certain times, cheering for Roman, cheering for Shiv, uh, cheering for none of them, cheering for Jerry possibly, or or Tom or Greg, as a lot of people thought it was going to be at the end of this episode. That for anybody who has been cheering for Tom, even though you <laughs> won, <laughs> fuck you, fuck you exactly. <laughs> but like it, maybe it's a you know turning around on the audience with open eyes. Finally, you all can see. These were the people you were cheering for. These were the real people that you thought could do this job. So it could be possible that it's a, a nice little shot at the audience. Uh, in David Chase style, uh, Stephen Wolf says, hey, guys, big fan. Am I the only one who feels like there is still more story to tell? Can you see Jesse Armstrong coming back to succession in the future? Again, thank you so much for the great content you put out. Thank you for watching it, Jesse. Hey, guys, what are your thoughts? Uh Definitely feel like there could be more story to tell. At the yeah. same time, I'm glad that they're ending it where they are. Like, yeah. uh, I, I think the biggest uh, uh, danger with a great show is staying past your welcome. Yeah. And you're just kind of scurrying to find to find a conclusion because you kind of had this goodwill that you had built up with the audience and you're starting to squander it a little bit. Oh, now, as yeah, far as, <laughs> as, far as uh, Jesse Armstrong coming back, I think that is a for like one season years down the road. I I could I could see them absolutely. I could see HBO wanting him to do that. Yeah. Whether or not he thinks there's a story to tell, that remains to be seen. But I could absolutely see HBO seeing like, hey, one last ride, let's go. Yeah, Mike, we've seen a Deadwood movie, we've seen a Breaking Bad movie. Could we see, could we see a Succession movie years down the road where? Kendall has put himself back together and is launching an attempt to to have a hostile takeover of Waystar Royco. Uh, could you see anything uh, happening down the road with that? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely more story that you could tell. Yeah. Whether they should or not, I don't know. They clearly, even if you watch like the when you watch the after the show, like the, when they're all talking about it, like yeah. they've ta they've ta they've talked about it. Uh, Jeremy Strong was talking about it. Like Madsen, like like uh, like Skarsgård was even talking about it. He was like, "Well, we'll see how he does." Oh no, we won't. The show's done. But like, yeah, the show the 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 tapestry is so rich that you kind of almost want to know. Does Madsen fuck it up? Yeah. What happens yeah. with Shiv and Tom? Like, is right. Roman okay? Like, what the fuck does Kendall do? And 
seeing some thing down the road. I think that the danger is yeah. the desire to have them learn something. Uh, yes. Like, I don't, I don't think that there's ever a version of this where all of a sudden Roman figures his shit out or Kendall becomes a good guy right, or right. Shiv goes through a lot of therapy and is all of a sudden healed. Like there's no version of this story right. that is that like, it's like, it's like saying, Hey, but wouldn't it be great if we all got Hamlet too, where the poison wasn't really poison. And he woke <laughs> up like, like this is a tragedy about people that are horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if there ever is another story going, Oh, all of a sudden they're not horrible anymore would be a betrayal. So they're still going to be horrible. And so what's right. the story? Like they told such a great story about who is the, who is the heir apparent? Nobody. Yeah. The end. So yeah. if you're going to tell another story, it has to be, well, what's the worth of that story? Not just, Hey, what's going on with these characters that we think are cool. Right. Right. Fair point. Fair point. Um, all right. Roberto Suarez says, uh, Logan was King Lear. Tom will be Macbeth. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> ooh, maybe, maybe. Um, Alex uh, Lazarly says, interesting that they reveal Kendall was infertile this episode, added another complicated layer to his relationship with his father. That's true, huh? Very interesting. Yeah, stuff. I'm actually really glad. So I wasn't sure. Was that, that yeah. was the reveal. Like when they said it, I was like, did I miss that? Did I not? Yeah. No, was that no, new yeah. information? Like, yeah. Well, he's either in, infertile or uh, Rava cheated on him. So, right. But it seems like right. it's more he's infertile. And what was really to see how Roman kind of got his swagger back very, very quickly when he said that Shiv was the bloodline, like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. that was them, them's fighting words. <laughs> Um, all right. And then uh, Jed Lawlin says important lessons to take away from the show are the 1% and privileged people are absolute monsters. Great series. Jed, I hate to break it to you, but everybody on every financial strata uh, ca are, can be privileged in certain ways and can be absolute monsters. I've seen poor people do terrible shit. Middle class people do terrible shit. And watching the show, rich people do terrible shit. So it's all about money in the end, really, or status or power well, that causes people to do that. Or it's not. I mean, like, the other oh. way to look at it, and kind of to your point, like, I'm agreeing with you, but kind of, like, yeah. and, I'm, and I think this is why the show actually works so well, is that, look, all of us to some degree, and we'd be lying if we denied this, feel yeah. like, oh, all of my problems would be, would go away if I just had more money. Like, right. if I could you just afford this house or this car or i didn't have to worry so much and what this show really shows is no 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 they just as fucked up as everybody if not more so i think the great philosopher and notorious big said it best more money more problems that's for sure uh, great Andy philosophy soul says in a one week span we'll have series finales for marvelous mrs mazel succession barry and ted lasso is this one of the best weeks in tv ever well, based on your list, it's about 50% of the best it's week about ever. 50%, yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, yeah. yeah right, I did today, I will say, because like I knew that we were going to talk about this tonight. So I went back and watched a bunch, not all of it, but I watched a good yeah. chunk of the Succession uh, series finale. And then I also just went back and watched uh, a lot of the Miss Maisel series finale because I love it and it was awesome. So it was a yeah. fun little afternoon for me. <laughs> I'm dreading that Ted Lasso finale like nobody's business. Uh, Owen Lanning says, this episode killed me so good. Also just saw Lord Shannon on an episode of Silicon Valley. You did a great job, man. Oh, thank you, Owen. I'm actually in, 
I was in four episodes. I got cut out of one. I'm actually in three, but the one you saw is probably the one where I did the most. So thanks. Jed Lawlin says, uh, Lawlin says, as evil Lo- as Logan was, he died laughing as- at his kid's stupidity. Uh, okay. I mean, I think he felt bad about it. Like, I think when yeah. he went in, I mean, like, I love that karaoke room scene earlier yeah, in the season. That's one of the best Ooh. because, and, and like, and we keep, and, you know, we've been saying it, and I've seen people yeah. saying it in the chat, and it's just it, because it's such a great line. But when he was like, I love you, but you are not serious people. Yeah. Like, you are not, like, he was just like, because even in that moment, what he was dealing with yeah. was going into them and being like, guys, this is what Madsen is doing. This is what we as a family need to do. And they couldn't get out. Like, they were just like, hey, well, when are you going to apologize about this? When are we going to talk about this? Like, they just couldn't get past their own shit. Yeah. And he was just like, wow, you are never, th- we're not getting past this. Yeah. Like, we yeah. can't actually mobilize and do the things we need to do. And then you see this series finale where they almost get there. They sort of mobilize in the kitchen and on the beach, and then they get to the finish line and they fall apart again because they are not serious people. Yeah. 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 Well, all right. All right. Let's, uh, let's see. I think we got one more here. Paul says people forget that Logan himself is not a serious person. He tried to get his mistress to be an anchor woman at ATN. He died in an airplane toilet. Wow. Uh, I, no, I don't oh think he, like if he wanted his mistress to be an anchor woman, he could have made that happen. I think he right. was placating her. Um, but in terms of yeah, dying in an airplane toilet because he was trying to fish his phone out. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's I mean, a bad that's, way to go. That shouldn't have an implication on whether you're smart or not or a serious person. <laughs> He was a, but a I do think, yeah, you know, ahead, even in that, even in like with what happened with his, with, uh, with the whole anchor thing, um, watch the way he handled it. Yeah. Like he gave her the audition. Nobody was telling her, telling him that she was awful. Yeah. He kind of picked up on it and he had that whole conversation with Tom where he was like, what do you really think? Yeah. And Tom eventually more or less told the truth. And Logan was like, all right, take care of this, but I can't be implicated. Yeah. Picture yeah. Kendall or Roman or Shiv doing that. And you can f- do the math and see how that would have gone. They wouldn't handle it the way Logan did. <laughs> good point. Uh, good point. Uh, and last one here. Shalay Miles says, were they saying that Kendall isn't Logan's biological son? Or was that just a shot? Wasn't sure. Love you guys. Yeah. In the scene at the end there in that room, they were essentially implying that Lo, uh, that Kendall might not actually be of Logan's loins. They said something about Raba and all this. What would you guys think of this? No, no, about the kids. They're yeah, talking about the kids. kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like that like Shiv is the the Logan biological line right, is going to continue through child. her, right, right? Because Kendall's children are not of Logan's uh, loins. Yeah. Yeah, so to speak. Um, all right, let's move on to this thing here. And, and please keep sending in your Streamlabs and Super Chats as we go along, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Shannon, I'll go to you first. Tom ends up on top of the pile. You know, I did a we did a predictions last week, but I did a special predictions episode just before the episode aired because I had to get it out of me there on the channel. And Tom was someone that I thought could be possible if the deal went through. And in the end, it did end up being Tom, but not quite in the way I anticipated. We Tom had to yet again eat some serious um uh conversation with Matson by him telling him look i can't have her be in charge because i want to bang her i want to have sex with her your wife so i thought well why not get the woman who has the baby let me get the guy who's put the baby in her so a lot of misogyny there on Matson's part but tom in the end 
reveals to Ken uh, to uh, uh, Shiv what's going on in a clumsy way. Shiv takes that information, and all of this happens. If Tom hadn't said anything, maybe this doesn't all happen, and Tom loses his spot. But him saying in, in something in a way kind of saved him. But in the end, what did you think about the decision of going with for Tom and uh, with Tom, and how did it all and how it all went down? I mean, ultimately, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was Shiv's fault. <laughs> that that Matson picked that Matson picked Tom. I mean, she did too good of a job as selling Tom as someone that would be loyal. Like she said, Tom right. will suck the biggest dick in the room. Ultimately, if we got to get rid of him, we got to get rid of him. But like he's loyal. He's not he's not going to go anywhere. And also Shiv was probably over uh, again. Another Roy, uh, a Roy uh, uh, trait. Um, yeah. She overplayed her hand. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, giving, giving Matt's an advice, this is what we should do. This is what we right. shouldn't do. Um, you know, it's, it's a fine line when you're dealing with an eccentric tech billionaire, you have to be careful, um, how much advice you give them because ultimately she kind of shot herself in the foot. Yeah. I mean, obviously that whole thing with the cartoon that totally bugged Matson. Like he's right. like, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. Um, and going into that dinner with Tom, Knowing that, yes, he is liked at ATM. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, he, he, he does have, he does have a good reputation within that world, despite the fact that he was, you know, the father's uh, or the boss's uh, son-in-law, yeah. but then Matson kind of testing him. I mean, one, I think Matson was absolutely being serious, but was like, let me see how much I can get away with in front of this guy. Yeah. Let me tell him that I want to have sex with his wife. And under the right circumstances, I think his wife would have sex with me. And you can see in Tom's face, he does not like what he no. is hearing, but he also knows where his bread is buttered. So he's not going to say anything. And I think it was that moment that, that Matson's like, that's my guy, the yeah. guy that he's going to be my front man. I don't want more ideas. I just need, I need an American face on my very European company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael, your thoughts on this Tom being the one that ends up the CEO his behavior afterwards, which I think is incredible, um, and how it all went down. Did you like the way they constructed that in this episode? And really the the whole season leading up to this point, and really the whole series, because from the beginning, Tom finds his way to kind of finagle yeah. his way next to the boss. Remember, he sold Shiv out to Logan uh, in, at the end of season three, and then, boom, we have this moment here where he essentially swallows all that Matson tells him, essentially sucking the biggest dick in the room, and ends up being the American CEO. What did you think of all this? It, I, I hate Tom. <laughs> I hate like like I can't like I mean he's an amazing wow. character like he does an amazing job but like right. the the way that he sucks up to whoever is the most powerful person in the room is so disgusting. But it is so consistent. Yeah, and they have known that this is where they were going. Yeah. And to have him come in at the 11th hour like this and have this conversation and it just makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz Shannon's right. Shiv totally overplayed it. Not even just in how she was talking about Tom, but just in the way that she wanted to be the boss so bad that as soon as she thought she had it under Madsen, she started being bossy. Yeah. And he didn't like it. Like he said, he didn't mind that cartoon, but he, he, that bugged him. Yeah. You know? And so this guy that's going to come in and be like, yeah, I will literally say whatever 
you want me to say that is my job and yeah. I am very good at my job and I will do it. Um, if anybody listens to TikTok, this is amazing. There's this woman, um, I think her name is uh, Sophie Kilm, mm -hmm. um, but she did a whole thing about names and how when somebody has a really weird name in TV, you should pay attention to it. And Wamscam has a whole bunch of meanings that I'm not going to go into, but the most important yeah. thing is the only notable person that shares the name Wamscam is Bill Wamscam, who was a second baseman for Cleveland in like 1920. Whoa. Um, who is the only baseball player to have completed an unassisted triple play at the World wow. Series wow. where he was a, he he all by himself got three outs without the help of any teammate in a single play <laughs> no one the sport which, which is what tom does in this episode yeah we essence. have all been like which one of these three is going to take over and wom scam comes in and gets a triple play and gets everybody else out and so it you know like just it's it's just another piece of proof that they knew what they were doing from the beginning yeah that every time that tom sucked up to somebody which was so funny and awful and douchey and ridiculous um i've and i've had bosses can i say mm -hmm. that am i gonna get in trouble i hope nobody's listening i've had bosses in the entertainment industry who have basically pulled a tom wom scam on calls where i was just like this is horrible <laughs> where they have just like sucked up to whoever was the most important person on the call and so every time tom did it i was just like fuck but that's that was his uh, winning trait at the end. So, uh, Mikey, just between the three of us and the folks in the chat, who were they? Who were, yeah, say the names. So, oh my god, the story. <laughs> I, I I have such a good story, but I can't actually. But I will one day, one day, guys. <laughs> I love this blind dream. Says Vogel talking sports. This is it's a succession miracle. That's right. By the way, by the way, I didn't think it would happen either. But here we are. <laughs> I was, night, I was everybody. I was gonna say when you were talking about the Cleveland baseball team, I was gonna say, Mikey, who who are the Cleveland? Yeah. Base, who was the Cleveland baseball team? But don't look it up. I, I see you. Type well, it. in in 1920, it was actually the Cleveland Americans, yeah. and that's what they were called at the time, which is why I just said Cleveland because that's not who they are now. <laughs> who are they now? Cleveland Indians? No. Ah, God damn it. Not anymore. They changed that name because I, I think you know well, why. So obviously, they, we know why they changed the name. Yeah, I'm just thinking Major League. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Were. I was like, he's going to know because it was Guys, from Major League. All of, my, all of my sports knowledge, including this, <laughs> is not from sports. It is from movies and TV. Yeah, I think they're the Guardians now. Cleveland Guardians. The Guardians, yeah. Um, um, all right. Let's. Well, actually, we can't talk about Tom without bringing up Greg. We got to bring up Shannon's favorite character on the show, even though I'm going to go to Mike first on this one. But Greg somehow survives, even though he played everything so wrong throughout this episode. He somehow survives. He also gets to slap Tom in the bathroom. He gets to fight back a little bit. He, he gives the information to... Uh, Kendall about Shiv and what Matson's going to do to Shiv because he has that ingenuity to turn on his uh, phone and have the app translate Oscar talking in Swedish to Matson and Matson of course returning uh, kind of the conversation in Swedish and he finds out what's going on here and he gets confronted by Greg or by sorry by Tom when this gets all when he finds out that he's been the victim or he's been the, the guy who betrayed him and they have this exchange in the bathroom that mirrors Kendall 
And uh, Roman, although less serious, because they're just two people who've probably never fought in their lives, so they're just slap happy in each other. But in all the end, arms and legs. Yeah, all arms and legs. Right? You ever seen two <laughs> nerds fight? It's all arms and legs. Anyway, <laughs> at the end, it is Tom who takes Greg back after dangling him out there to be fired right after he becomes American CEO. He says, "But I had enough to keep you." And I'm going to keep you. I'm going to make you mine. So Greg, I would argue, is in even worse position than he was before because he's going to have to like crawl on it. He might actually go back to being, uh, he might actually be the one that uh, Tom puts his feet on uh, as we remember him doing that with one of the staff members as a, as, a, as a footstool. So Mike, your thoughts on Greg, how he played all of this and how in the end, all the people who thought Greg was going sit, to be sitting atop the pile must feel a little foolish at this point. What, what do you think? Okay. Let- <laughs> Wait, I didn't make it personal. <laughs> I there's a world there. You know what? There's a world where if Kendall was a little bit more humble, yeah, and they all were a little bit more honest with each other, and said none of us could be the CEO. If they pulled a Madsen and said we want someone who's part of the family. Yeah. to represent the company, but we need a good face that's a new face, and we're all going to do it from behind the scenes, Greg could have easily stepped in. Yes. And I think Greg okay. showed some really good initiative. I think that pulling out that phone and doing the translation is maybe the smartest thing that Greg's ever done. I think Greg made a move, and it was not a dumb move. Right. Like, had Shiv voted <laughs> the way that she probably should have voted... Greg would be in the power position and Tom would be out the door. Yeah. Greg made a gamble. Greg lost. But I think the most interesting part is in the exact same way that Madsen sat there and said, I want to fuck your wife. I think she wants to fuck me too. Just to test Tom to see. Yeah. Tom needs a Greg. Yes. Tom needs a Greg. And I don't think that he's going to find another Greg anytime soon. Not one that he's groomed for four seasons. He's been grooming Greg. Greg is his guy. And now, you know, maybe just right there at the end of the season, Greg was starting to strain at the edges a little bit. Be like, I don't know if I need to be your guy anymore. And he just got smacked down so hard. Tom is like, oh, you are my bitch for the foreseeable future. I'm not letting you go anywhere. So as much as like they played it really well in that moment, particularly when Hugo came up and tried to like make oh. his play and Tom was just <laughs> not having it Where's and Greg came up and he was like, and Tom was kind of ignoring him. Like they played it great. But at the end of the day, Tom was like, I'm going to treat you the way I've been treating you for four seasons and you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Look at this guy. Look at his hand. Look at his service. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, uh, Assist- Shannon, you're- assistant. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Go ahead, Shannon. Your thoughts on that? Right? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't mute that. <laughs> your thoughts on Greg, brother man? Greg is the smartest dipshit out there. <laughs> <laughs> he, oh man, Great Greg knows how to think on his feet. Yes. Like he's he's clearly a very, very bright guy. But in terms of social graces, he is just he is just the worst. And you can see what he was like. He was he was playing both sides. Yeah. Like he was doing that from the beginning. I mean, like he he knew that it was going to come down into a fight. And 
I think he would rather be with uh, with with the quad squad, yeah, um, because they didn't make him dance uh, involuntarily dance with an old man who drank things that weren't meant true. to be drank. Um, but but ultimately, Greg is not that different from Tom. Greg just wants to survive. I mean, yeah. Greg lost his inheritance <laughs> when Grandpa Ewan gave it all to Greenpeace. Yeah. Um, Nicholas uh, Braun is to me is just such an inter entertaining, entertaining performer. Now, where he will go after this, I'm not sure because um, physically he is very unique. He is yes. he's like six seven. Yeah, he's a yeah. really he's a really unique guy, yeah. which made him so perfect for this role because. I would have to think that the majority of folks that auditioned for Greg were not six, seven, right. that right. they, they just saw, I mean, it was just, you know, lightning in a bottle. Like, yep, that's our guy. You, you have the combination of someone who is tall enough to play in the NBA, but is all left feet. Um, yeah. Like not just physically, but socially, <laughs> socially as well. <laughs> I mean, just a brilliant comedic performer and watching, but, but it looks like, especially that confrontation that he and Tom had in the bathroom, he can turn, he can turn it on. I mean, we are so, yeah. yeah, we are so used to laughing at him at this yeah. point that the moment that he gets serious, it's sort of like, ah, come on, man, what are you doing? But yeah. the moment where he was finally able to lay hands on Tom, he was able to smack him back. That was just such a fun, fun moment. Like, yeah. again, as an audience, we are so juiced from the fact that Shiv's pissed off. The Sibs are mobilized. They're, you know, they're they're putting their armor on. They're ready yeah. to go into battle. And then you see Rosencrantz and Guildenstern in the bathroom, just all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> swinging wildly. Um, just such such a fun character. But also, and like I would have to go back and rewatch the first three seasons. But I do believe Greg has some compromising material on some folks. He does. One of whom might be tom he now, does have stuff on tom he does so, still have stuff on tom yeah for the foreseeable future greg is going to be under tom's uh, under tom's foot like he right. is going to be yeah. under tom forever at this point but did tom keep him because he suddenly he like well you've been my guy yeah. or is it because he knows greg knows where some bodies are buried but ultimately like Again, like I don't think this show needs spinoffs. I think I think the four seasons that we got were fantastic. Right. I would love to see a Tom, a, a series of shorts of Tom and Greg well, <laughs> traveling around like, Europe. I mean, look in the election episode, that whole fucking lemon lacroix, like oh, yeah. the whole like wasabi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the entire. The entire Tom and Greg of the election episode is just a fucking. <laughs> A plus comedy all by itself. Like it's gold. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the way it all went out. It made perfect sense. And, and the thing is the show and this Greg is the latest example. The show tells you anyone who is blood related to Logan and gets involved with this company always gets fucked. They're too close. Right. And, and Kendall and Roman and Shiv wanted dad's approval and we saw in that scene when they're at the the Lady Caroline's place. Oh, he promised to me when I was seven. He promised it to me here. He promised to me that they all had stories of Dad promising it to them, but he never really meant it. It was just as a tactic 
for whatever reason to keep them close to him, you know, using Roman to break up the, uh, the trio coming back together, using shift to fuck with Kendall, using Kendall to fuck with Roman and shift. Like it was always using, right. But Greg wanted to be part of that crew so bad instead of thinking like Tom, he thought, well, I'll be part of the quad squad. I'll be part of the crew. And what happens? He fucked himself. Why? Because he wanted to be part of the bloodline. When you get to the bloodline, it's always a fuck up. He should have stayed with Tom. But in the end, Tom keeps him. And I think, Mike, you're right. He groomed him. Just like Logan needed a Tom, Tom needs a Greg. And he will be the Tom to Tom's Logan going forward in the future, uh, which may end up with Greg. Ultimately, you guys who predicted Greg sitting on the throne just maybe were a little too early because he may ultimately be the guy on the throne down the road. So, yeah, I I loved it. I thought it was great. And him slapping... Him slapping Greg, uh, Tom was just, just – I actually cool. was cheering for Greg to finally do that. Like, yeah. fucking, for fuck's sake, fight back. And when he did, I was like, yes! It was great. I mean, when when Tom slapped Greg, I wanted Greg to punch Tom. Yeah, yeah, fair. fair. I did kind of like – had Greg just, like, knocked him the fuck out, it would have been so satisfying. Yeah. It would – then I don't think that you would have justified then Tom being like, hey, you knocked me out in the bathroom. I'm going to keep you. So I get why they did. But, man, it would have felt good. Yeah. <laughs> But Tom, but I think in Tom, in some fucked up way, Tom does respect Greg because Greg does use the tactics that Tom uses. Tom is more shameless and more comfortable with being this thing. Greg still thinks he's a good person who's having to resort to this shit. He's not a good person. He just hasn't accepted it yet. Tom does, and he knows. And so I think there's the difference there between the two. I do think that there's a level of Tom that genuinely likes Greg. Yes, 100%. But I think that these people in this show don't know how to show genuine emotion. No, like, no. they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to a couple of those examples uh, uh, right after we take a quick break here, and we'll jump into a little bit more before we wrap up uh, this review here on uh, The Outlaw Nation. We'll be right after this. Assistant. I need more wine. <laughs> wow. God, dude, are man. you insane? That's I know you not, didn't see it because, because the camera not, wasn't on. That's not going to go well for you. I took oh, care of business. Man. <laughs> we may see murder yet. <laughs> anyway, all right. Um, uh, let's move on to Roman and Kendall. Uh, speaking of people who can't uh, deal with their emotions well, I'll make this a quick question, a quick couple of questions here. Um, what did we think about this scene with Kendall and Roman in that office? When he was shoving his head into this into his arm and reopening his wounds, and what do we think about uh, Roman really honestly revealing that his frustration that he couldn't be the one, he's not the one, and his hyperventilating around Jerry being there? Did she really fuck him up that bad? So, Shannon, what are your thoughts on on Kendall um, Kendall's downfall here and on uh, Roman? And I know we talked around this or a little bit about it, but anything you didn't say about these two storylines in this episode? I think Roman as a person is so fractured right now as a result of his, uh, of his father's passing and then them getting to watch. And this is something we never, as the audience ever got to watch getting to watch that video of one of their last dinners where we are seeing a side of Logan that we have never been privy to. Like you see that he is treating Jerry, he's treating yeah. Carl, he's treating Frank, he's treating them like they're people. Yeah, he's treating them like they're old friends. We've only ever seen them in that sort of business environment right. where he is just kill, 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 kill. 
So watching Roman sit down on the floor like a child yeah, and watch, watch his dad talk with his dad's friends. And, you know, Jerry, as they said, uh, you know, a few episodes prior, Jerry is Shiv's godmother. I mean, she has been around this whole time. And since Roman has had that, you know, that fall from grace, like he got his, his ass whooped by some protesters. I think he's probably seen things in a brand new light and sees what an ally he had in Jerry that he has squandered that. And that is 100% on him. He has actively squandered that relationship. And, you know, I think you all already mentioned it that, you know, that, you know, second son, middle child, what have you, that, that syndrome where he's just, he cannot wrap his head around the fact, like, why couldn't it have been me? Like, why couldn't it have been me? Is it because I was born last? Is that the, is that the reason why I couldn't have this? And when, Kendall started to hug him initially. I was really like, oh, Kendall's really there for his brother because Kendall is speaking very tenderly to him. Like, it could have been you. It could have been you. But then as he is pressing Roman's face into, into his shoulder, like, I, like we were still discussing that this morning. It's like, yeah. is this a bit of an alpha move? Is this to be like, hey, man, I love you know your place yeah this is this is what this this is what this relationship is going to be and him seeing jerry again i think you know i already spoke about it but him seeing her walk in on the heels of looking at that video looking at happier times times that they were not a part of because of what they tried to do yeah, yeah um they missed out on all they missed out on those last good times with their dad yeah because of what happened and granted their dad was a gigantic piece of shit but he was still their dad and so yeah I, i'm interested to hear what you guys think about that that smothering that smothering embrace that kendall yeah. kendall gave roman yeah mike it seemed to me a callback to what they talked about when they put uh, uh, Roman in, in a cage when they were kids and he liked being in the cage and it it leads to the feeling that Roman only understands love when it's f- combined with some kind of physical attack on him, right? And we saw him when, last episode walk out into the protesters and purposely get beat up, purposely antagonize them to have a physical interaction, which seemed to be from a place of like needing to be seen because while he was sitting up there after he had broken down at the funeral, he felt like a forgotten person and no one was paying attention to him. So he felt he needed to have some kind of physical interaction to validate himself and seeing what happens here. He actually, it actually doesn't level him out afterwards and he's able to go into the room and make the, uh, make the vote. Um, And even at the end, as you said, says, you know, we're all bullshit realizes it. So, what do you think about it? What was going on in that scene when Kendall reopened his wounds? I mean, it's a lot. I think it's a, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, it's kind mm. of a hodgepodge, I think. I like, which I think is good because I think it, there's a reason that everybody. I mean, I was looking on the internet today because I we we talked about it after we watched it last night. We were all talking about it, and then even today I was googling like you know Logan Kendall hug like, and there's just yeah. so many opinions about it. First, I mean, with Jerry, look, I mean. Roman has a lot of masochistic tendencies. Uh, I mean, yes. I'm sorry, Roman. Roman has a lot of masochistic tendencies. Roman is uh, craving some kind of parental approval. Yeah. And in Jerry, he was getting some kind of reaction that he never got from his mom or his dad. Like there was a whole 
just pile of psychological things going on there. Yeah. But I think that he's scared of Jerry now. Yeah. I think Jerry's straight, like Jerry could have been, I mean, we, we talk about this, if Shiv had only done this, if Kendall had only done this, there was a moment that if Roman had been like, Jerry, it's you and me, yeah. Jerry would have taken him all the way. He could have yeah. done it. Yeah. Jerry is smart. Jerry knows the business. She could have, and she told him that. Yeah. I mean, she basically said, I could have, I could have done this for you. And he fucked it up. And like, even when he fires her, like he just has this, like, if he's not getting what he wants, he pushes it away. And so mm -hmm. seeing her spun him into this whole thing that led to this whole, why couldn't it have been me? But his whole version of why couldn't it have been me in that moment was I don't want to be in the room. I don't want people to see me because I feel like I have this scar. And if the scar is really bad, then people would understand like, okay, well, it's not me because I had all these injuries. I had a thing happen to me, but my scar looks better than I thought it was going to look. And it looks yeah. okay. And it's kind of healing. And so then when Kendall hugs him, it's so fucked up because on one level, he's hugging him. He's like, I got you. You're my brother. It could have been you. Yeah. On the other level, he is squeezing him so hard to open the wound yeah. so that it will look worse yeah. so that Roman feels okay sitting in the room to make the vote, which is so fucked up. But then even deeper than that, it's been clearly established that Logan kind of abused Roman. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Slaps so now Kendall is stepping into his dad's role and hurting Roman, which Roman feels good about. And is kind of like an alpha move of putting. So like everything that everyone says, I think all of it is playing into that moment. Yeah. And, and to your point, Roka, it puts Roman in a place where he's like, okay, my wound is open. It's bad. I kind of feel like this is my place. And it's the reason that he's not the guy. Like it is all of those things all come into play at the same time. It's not one of those things. I think it's all of those things. Yeah. And it's why Roman is such a fascinating character. Like it's so, it's such a weirdly tender violent yeah fucked up compassionate moment all at the same time yeah yeah plus it seems like and i think justin says so i was thinking that too justin says justin chanel says he's a total masochist so for kendall to hurt and punish him like logan did he 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 loves it roman is not afraid of jerry he misses his first love in some messed up way he adored her. No, I think okay, yeah, to clarify, Maybe. I think you're right. I think that's I think that's actually correct. When I say he's terrified of her, what I mean is it's like when you see your ex. Yeah, right. After when you're not healed. like yeah, like yeah, yeah. Jer like he had this power over Jerry where he was yeah. sending her the dick pics and he was doing the thing and she was like, "Oh, Roman, don't," but she kind of was like turned on. Like they had a whole fucked up situation. And when it all went away and he tried to have any kind of interaction with her right. she was like fuck you i'm done i could have been your ally and yeah. you did this and because he wasn't getting the thing that he wanted from her he didn't know how to engage with her so when i say he was afraid of her you are yeah. you're more correct that's a better way of saying it yes yeah, yeah, yeah. when i think it's, it speaks volumes too that when after what happened at the end of the episode the first place he runs to is his mom's house as as fucked yeah. up as that relationship is the first place he runs to is his mom's house. And remember last episode, he was making all kinds of sexist, uh, really offensive comments about Marsha. So it's older. The older women in his life have this fucking thing that they yeah. own his mind uh, in a lot of ways. And 
He has to denigrate just, them and try to destroy them because he's powerless in front of them in reality because he knows they can tear him apart. So when he's far away, he'll talk his shit. But when he's close, he's a mess. Well, and yeah, and it's the same thing he did at the funeral. Like, he's going to yeah. talk a big game. He's going to say gross things. He's going to say things to sort of, like, get people's uh, – get a reaction out of people. Yeah, yeah, but when yeah. push comes to shove to have a real emotional moment, like, he is just not capable. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, speaking of emotional moments, let's move to these two scenes I want to talk about. And maybe a third scene. Let's put them all together here. We talked – we kind of mentioned the scene in the kitchen, the camaraderie between them, this glimpse <sighs> at what could have been with the three of them – and then we see uh, later on when they're all when they're watching that video, which you brought up so well, Shannon, they are almost going back to being kids. And as you said, Mike, they're watching these people they have seen go at each other, tear each other to pieces, have armor, backstab each other, sitting there genuinely having fun, ball busting conversations with Connor imitating his father being a teapot, telling everybody to fuck off Jerry with a dirty limerick. And then uh, 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 Carl reading the or reciting the poem that he recites. Uh, what's it called here? I have it written down. A green grow the rushes. Oh, it even carries there for God's sakes. But it's oh. almost it's almost like when you're a kid and you sneak down and watch the adult table. And these people who've been telling you what to do and giving you, you know, being a bit stern with you and all these kinds of your uncles, aunts and uncles, at least miles. You're watching them be like real human beings with each other. You're like. Why the fuck couldn't I know that? Why can't I know that? Why have I never seen that? Uh, it felt like that when they were watching. It brought them all together. Roman sitting down. Even Kendall got emotional. Shiv got emotional. Connor there being emotional as well as he's about to enter a long distance relationship with Willa possibly. And <laughs> or maybe not. Or maybe not. Willa's chagrin. Maybe not. <laughs> but then, uh, but then they also, you know, they have these moments throughout uh, where they connect with each other, and especially out on the water as well. They have the real kind of connection here. So. How tragic is is it to see that if they had just listened to their mom there in that moment, uh, at that in the kitchen, and just said, you know what, fuck it, we're, we're sell it to Matson, let's go build our lives, they could have had something better uh, as uh, and maybe rediscovered a new kind of uh, respect and appreciation and love for each other. Uh, what do you think, there, um, uh, uh, Shane? I mean, it's as you said, it's tragic. I mean, that's yeah, why yeah. this that's why this series is a tragedy. Um, you know, I mean, the, the mom for all of her extreme faults, yeah. especially what she did at the end of season three, yeah. you get why they wouldn't necessarily want to follow her advice, but ultimately, yeah, she was right. Also, she married a guy named Peter Munyon. So, you know, <laughs> you, you, gotta, you gotta take, you gotta take what she says with a grain of salt. Well, and, and, and did she bring them all together so she could? Uh, uh, put Peter on them because Peter was trying to yes! angle to get yes! Yeah, yeah, that exactly. is yes! what she did. Exactly. <laughs> selfish son of a selfish son of a well, and, and what is Peter's cheese? We all must know what Peter's cheese is for God's sakes. Licked. That's what it is. <laughs> it's licked. It's got Roman, ro dirty Roman saliva all over it. Um, yeah. You know that whole scene. Uh, again, watching watching them together because. I think with the exception of the first episode, the, mm. the pilot, um, Connor was so dismissed by yeah. his father. Yeah. Um, and you look at what happened in the pilot where, you know, Logan got put into the hospital and, you know, by all everything we've heard, Logan, who he was in the series that we saw, 
he was that guy prior to that. Mm-hmm. But watching how at his birthday party in the first episode, he has that he has that dad thing with Connor when yeah. Connor shows ah Connor like ah my c- come over here my boy like you know you're here, and we got to see that again in in this the the way that Connor was uh, at that table with folks who probably professionally don't think very much of him yeah um but but he was sitting at that table breaking bread making jokes laughing to know that the other three never got to that point yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at least as we're, as it's being told to us yeah. that those three i don't know maybe you, you can make that argument because they're not serious people i don't even make connor not that serious either yeah. <laughs> um, but those three never never got to experience that with carl with yeah. jerry with frank i mean it's really really sad i mean they've obviously seen something like this before because it wasn't like holy shit are you watching what dad is doing right now it's something that they recognize but something that they were not a part of and watching carrie there (laughs) watching you know the the you know the the mistress um watching her there leaning over on him rubbing his arm i mean you got the sense that carrie did have a genuine oh yeah a genuine affection for this man was she was she uh uh trying to get some benefits yeah uh, uh you know and being a part of his life absolutely yeah. um but that quick shot that we saw of her when they talk about you know the the i, I can't remember the, the the phrasing like the secondly bereaved um in the apartment trying to figure out who's gonna get what and yeah. you see her her head pop up oh. um the whole thing was just I, again that's why this in terms of finales you know this was essentially a movie i mean it yeah. was it was that it was feature length um I think this this will go down as one of the better finales in the history of television. Great. Mike, your thoughts on these scenes here with these with the kids coming together? Yeah, I think it's really important that we have these and I think these I think it's good that you put these three scenes together in the way you did because I think it's important that we saw them as kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh in good ways and bad ways. Because this is this is what they've never moved on from. You know, it's it's Kendall saying dad sat me down when I was seven years old and said, you're going to run the company like like they have been this fucked up since they were kids and they've never grown up. They're not serious people. It's all bullshit because they've never gotten past this. And if they if they had become adults, if they had become their own people, well, we wouldn't have the show because it wouldn't be a tragedy, but they didn't. And so like and and so you see the best of it, like what? And and I know uh, Jeremy Strong said this. The the scene in the kitchen is the very last scene they shot. Because they went to Barbados at the very end of the shoot. So that's the last thing. And that scene in the kitchen was the very last. That was the last scene that they shot for the entire series. And so it was just the three of them in that kitchen. And it's just so genuine. Yeah. Like watching them laughing and giggling at each other in a moment where it's not about dad. It's not about Gojo. It's not about, it's not about ATN. It's not about any of it. It's just about we are, we are being stupid and we are laughing and they're all just being 100% unguarded and it's so nice. Yeah. And then to go to that room where you where they're all watching the video again, it's just this pure moment because 
And and Shannon's right. We're seeing something we've never seen. And also, I think just like as a as separate from the kids, this is one of those things that the series does so well is every single character got their moment to shine. Yeah, yeah. And this video, in addition to the kids and us as an audience seeing Logan interact with everybody in a way that we haven't, it's a moment for Carl, Frank, and Jerry. Yeah, yeah. to have this moment to shine in a way that we're not used to seeing. So it kind of gave them like a really nice highlight. And so you have these moments and like, if you watch it, like, you know, Roman is crying. Shiv is just smiling. Kendall has a tear. And then Kendall reaches over, like Shiv has her hand on Roman's back and Kendall reaches over and grabs Shiv. And all of them are actually physically connected in this moment, sharing this moment. And then we're just like 20 minutes away to them all just fucking going at each other in that boardroom. And that's ultimately the tragedy. Like that's the story. Here's three kids. Here's three well, kids it, that could never fill their dad's shoes. And, and this this doesn't have to do with the story. And I think this is probably more a happy accident than anything. Um, but when you look at the journey that Jeremy Strong, Sarah Snook, and Kieran Culkin went on as performers, yeah. the fact that they got to end their experience if, with a happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's something that is so, I, you know, I imagine that the producers did not do this for the mental health of their cast. That, that <laughs> this is just the way it kind of worked out, but so serendipitous that for four seasons, they were kind of at each other's throats for yeah. the majority of it. And the fact that th- these three performers got to sit in a kitchen and be silly together. Yeah. Like that is the way to wrap up a series. I also think letting them have, letting um, Sarah Snook and Kieran Culkin have a scene where they make fun of Jeremy Strong as, you know, as Kendall. As we've all heard. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was probably very therapeutic to include that in the finale as well. (laughs) have them imitating Kendall you know you tried to you guys tried to kill me I didn't I like that <laughs> I mean, this, all that was that was so fun to see them having those moments I want to read a couple of comments we've gotten here Stormy Wood says they are three broken kids in the bodies of adults it is what happens to abuse kids and I'm speaking from my own experience absolutely great point Stormy and Flying uh, Flying Dream says the opening credits show they were spoiled rich yet neglected kids they never stood yeah. a chance yeah absolutely agree with that Hundred percent, and all in the game says to be a fly on the wall when the Murdochs watch this show. <laughs> I mean, they won't watch the show. But I'll, I'll tell you, we watched this show, and I don't know if Shannon's done with the with House of Hammer yet. But the the um sis the uh, was it the aunt? I think the aunt of Army Hammer, the sister of yeah, the aunt of Army Hammer, who they talked to from the family of Hammer, who pulled herself out of that family. She said she started watching Succession, and I think she was either an hour, the first episode in, or three episodes in, and she had to turn it off because it was so similar to what she had experienced in her life, in her family. And so that was a really incredible, timely reveal to be watching House of Hammer right as I'm finishing watching Succession, <laughs> to have that kind of validation that Jesse Armstrong and Mark Mylod and the rest of the writers and production staff really, and the actors really got this right overall. Um, Mike, I want to ask you first to go to Shannon. Any Anything that you feel should be highlighted here, or is there anything that you would call a flaw in the final episode or anything that was missing anything you want to see more were there any mistakes here any kind of uh, issues that you didn't like about the finale i can't think of anything that i didn't like i mean i think everything was it flowed so perfectly and you know they did such a nice job of again like the fact that roman was with mom 
so yeah. that you went to Barbados and you had like mom moment. So like mom got her moment and then you went back to the house and Connor and Willow were like getting rid of everything. So you had this really great Connor and Willow moment where then you watch the video where like Frank and Carl and Jerry, like, I think they did such a good job of servicing every character. Yeah. Like, would I have liked more of Connor? Would I have liked more? Like, like I would have like, there's lots of things that I would have been like, yeah, I could have spent another hour with these characters yeah. unpacking everything. But I mean, we already got like a 90 minute episode to Shannon's point. We already got like a feature length version of succession. Yeah. And even though I, I could, I could sit with these characters for hours more. Um, I think that they told such a tight story where, and like all good tragedies, yeah. Uh, where it just reached a point where you were like, you're on the road and you're like, we were so close. We were so close. And then you just took that right turn and you're like, and now we are inevitably going towards this crash yeah. and I'm just watching it. And I am both equal parts appalled and I can't look away. <laughs> Fair enough. Shannon, your thought, your, anything we missed and any final thoughts you want to have on this episode? I mean, aside from what I said at the beginning, more shots of nonverbal Sandy, um, <laughs> which, which I think, which I think it desperately needed, <laughs> yeah. and which, which Adam McKay being involved, I'm like, how did that not get in there? <laughs> um, uh, you know, Cassie G actually kind of took the words out of my mouth. Oh. What happened with the Pierce deal? Yeah. Um, you know, the two, you know, the two suitors were the kids and right. and Logan Logan goes away like did, did, what is that was kind of what I thought was going to happen was yeah. uh last week Vogel when we were discussing I was just like the kids aren't going to get anything yeah. Shiv's going to get screwed Greg's going to be the CEO and he's going to fire Tom like that's that's what's going to happen what I didn't say was the kids are they're going to get Pierce and the last shot is going to be them figuring out, all right, what's our next move? Um, but that's not this show. I mean, right. it's it's that's kind of that's kind of a nice bow on it. And this show has never been like a, a story with a nice bow on it. As you know, as we've said before, it's a it's a Shakespearean tragedy. So it has to kind of end on a bit of a downer. Um, you know, I. I think as an audience, we would like to know that whatever happens in Wis with the Wisconsin courts, that Mankin's yeah. not going to be the president, that it ultimately will be Jimenez. Um, but again, that's just, that's not something we're going to get. It, it is sad to see that uh, Connor and Willa, <laughs> it looks like Willa, what do they call it? The two-week itch? Yeah, um, two Roman called it. Yeah. <laughs> Willa's talking about, well, I have a play reading in six months. Yeah, like, play reading. all right, yeah, you don't need that much sure. a play table reading. Read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I don't think any this isn't anything I would wish on anybody, but it's kind of like what Connor says in the karaoke room. Yeah. Like, he's used to relationships where there's no love. Yeah, right. If Willa is a good partner to him and they figure it out, they might be fine. Mm -hmm. um, as far as the Pierce deal goes, I kind of feel like that's just going to fall apart based on the fact that like Roman and Kendall and Shiv, I don't think they're running anything together anytime <laughs> soon after what goes down. <laughs> um, but also just big shout out. Cause I know I wasn't on these reviews every week, but just Ooh. big shout out to Cherry Jones as yeah. Nan Pierce. 
because the entire I don't want to talk about money. This is disgusting, but how much money are you going to give me? But this is disgusting. I don't want to talk about money. Might have been one of my favorite moments of the entire season. You are literally quoting John Stephen Roker right yeah. now. Yeah. It was it was yeah. it was so good. Yeah. Watching the rich liberal who thinks they're somehow different from the rich conservative yep. say their reasoning, you're like, yeah, that's perfect. That's utter lies that you tell yourself for sure. Um, well, let's answer, let, let me take one last break because I got to put a commercial break in here and then we'll wrap up the show. All right. Be right back uh, right after this. Assistant. I'd like this last question from Paul and, and let's wrap up the show with this question and then uh, just give a commentary. Shannon, what is the best episode in season four and final thoughts overall on this series as we say goodbye to it? You know, I actually have IMDb open on oh, this wow. episode right now. So I just I just want to go to the episodes. Okay. Oof. I am re oh my gosh. They're uh they're all just they're all great. I'm not putting you they're all no, no. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll whittle it down. But yeah, I, I'm looking at tailgate party, America decides, and church and state. Mm. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at those three, and it's yeah. probably, it's probably America decides. Yeah. Um, yeah. that that episode, um, it's very uh, prescient with yes. With where we are for, for every for our audience who are in the states, um, yeah. it's very prescient with um, what's kind of happening in our political climate. Yeah, and to know that obviously this is you know this is fiction, um, but knowing that situations like this, if people can imagine it for fiction, they can imagine it for real life. Yeah, and to know that something like that, whether or not it's actually happened that people are considering actions like this. It's, mm -hmm. it's aside from being incredibly entertaining. Yeah. Um, it's truly terrifying. And final thoughts on the season of the series overall. Oh my gosh. I mean, uh, you know, I was, uh, Vogel and I had lunch a couple of weeks ago and we were chatting mm -hmm. about this and I was just like, I think the theme thinking about the theme music that starts at certain episodes, yeah. where does succession rank? Because it is way way up there i love that opening theme music i have a little dance that i do in front of my <laughs> wife that she even when we rewatch the episode i don't let her skip the intro i have to i have to go through my choreography uh, <laughs> but um it it is probably in terms of dramas because i do keep drama and comedy separate yeah. um it is probably top five probably top five of drama i mean it was just such a well done show. And it was the type of show that when it came on, um, it was another HBO drama. Yeah. HBO dramas tend to be pretty good. But to watch folks discover it and you watch this groundswell of um, an audience just like growing and growing and growing. That's one of the that's one of the most fun things to watch. I mean, it happened, Johnny, when you and I were talking about Ted Lasso. Mm, yeah. Um, at the time, like you had seen it. Yes. You had said it's, it's one of the best, it's one of the best first seasons of a comedy X, Y, and Z. Um, and we started reviewing them and yeah. it was after that, that I feel like most folks started to watch it. And this is definitely one of the, one of those shows. Like it was just awesome to watch more and more people, uh, uh, 
hop on, hop on this train. And like, I have not watched the Barry finale no. and I know some folks have seen it and that it's had a bit of a polarized reception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I didn't realize it was the finale because so much of the room is being taken up by people talking about succession. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. We should give a shout out to Nicholas Bertel, who is the composer on the show and did the theme uh, and won an Emmy for it. And the first or second season uh, of the show therefore so just incredible music throughout uh as well uh michael your final uh, uh your favorite episode and your final thoughts on the series overall i mean look i think that ultimately every episode of this season was so good it was yeah. it, it's it's hard to pick but i think you gotta go with connor's wedding mm. um this this season is defined by the death of logan roy and the way that they handled the death of logan roy was so spectacular for us as an audience to not really see it. And for us as an audience to experience the death of the lead of the show through Tom talking to the kids uh, while they are on this boat. And then the way that they shot the episode where they did these huge continuous, they're basically doing a one act play shooting these like long extended scenes and like swiping out batteries and cameras so that they could do these shots. Like uh, the whole thing is so well done and just was so impactful and kind of defined the rest of the season. Like even though the rest of the season was just as strong and had amazing episodes, everything after Connor, like the, 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 the series, the series is defined by everything leading up to Connor's wedding yeah, and everything that happens after Connor's wedding. Yeah. Like it's, 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 uh, that is, that is what happens because that's how big Logan is as a character. So for me, that's the thing. Look, I think what Shannon said is right. What you said is right. Like, I think that when you're looking at TV dramas, there's great, there's great stuff out there. It's hard to beat this. Yeah. This is so well done and it's so, well executed it's so well written it's so well shot it's so well performed it's so well scored like it's a show that's firing on all cylinders and they stuck the landing so well like this is again we all say it everyone every review that you're reading says it but when you use the word shakespearean you're talking about a story that feels bigger uh than other stories that kind of withstands the test of time yeah that like we can tell this story about the roy family and this entire succession that takes place yeah and it's so powerful and that ultimately the entire point of the story is no it's none of you you're horrible people Yeah. yeah like that's it's just amazing agreed um uh, Connor's wedding is my choice, but since Michael uh, took it, I will go uh, with uh, Church and State. I think that's my second favorite episode of the season uh, for so many reasons. I mean, just everything that happens at the funeral, the setup to the funeral, and then everything afterwards. You're seeing the real halls of power come yeah. into play and the and the playgrounds that these people had access to because of the status of their father, not because of anything they did or they built or they constructed. They are playing in sandboxes that their father got them entry to uh, simply by doing all the things that he did and watching them do the things that they're doing, but then watching them deliver these separate eulogies or not deliver in Roman's case, and then watching Ewan's eulogy. I thought that was an incredible thing to watch an honest eulogy delivered by Ewan 
in that moment and what he's able to say in giving love to his brother, but also calling out what his brother turned into and all of that as a commentary overall on our world. The scene with Marsha bringing Car- or the scene with Caroline bringing uh, Carrie over and then Marsha accepting it and Marsha putting her hand on Carrie's hand, understanding that she did love Logan um, like she thinks she, like she says she did, like she wasn't a mistress necessarily. She really loved him. Although you could define her as such, she really did love him. Watching Kendall's breakdown with uh, with Rava and all of that on the street, you're seeing Ooh. you're seeing the um, the seeds of what's going to happen in the finale. You're seeing all of that and Shiv's movement around Matson and all of that that she's finagling. The Mankin situation with Shiv, she pulls him away. Mankin doing all that. Everybody coming to Mankin and sucking that dick like Greg did, but also Roman. Roman, the breakdown of Roman. The feeling that the Roman who is sitting on top of the world like Sinatra and at the end he's sitting there like the dude uh, in The Godfather. And that's the thing at the end when he looks he's he's out of power and he needs other people to help him. So to see that all go through this entire episode, I thought was incredible. And I'll just say quickly, the series itself, one of the greatest things ever created absolutely belongs in the top 10 conversations, which I didn't think was going to happen for a long time. But you can put that up there with any of the great series that have come through. And you could argue there's rarely been a filler episode, which you can almost never say about any of the great series. So it is a one that belongs in the conversation uh, and ended, as Shannon said earlier, it ended right when it was supposed to end. And it went out with a bang rather than overstaying its welcome and not delivering on the promise of the show, which is great to see. So, yeah, that'll be that's what I think. So, um, so- yeah. Can, can I throw yeah. one question out there? Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that HBO has, with Shakespeare, has mm-hmm. gone to the Old West. Mm-hmm. Now they've gone to corporate America. Mm-hmm. Where do you guys predict HBO will put Shakespeare next? Oh, good question. I don't know. I haven't seen Euphoria. Is Euphoria Shakespeare for people? I don't know. Because um, I would see influencer territory. Or the industry is the industry uh, a good. One? That's one of those shows. I, the people that I know that watch it, there are two of them. Um, <laughs> but but they say it's really good. I put the I put the pilot on. I couldn't quite get through it, but I was. Yeah. I, I don't blame the show. Like I was just like, okay. ah, this is probably not. I'm not in the right space to watch this right now. Wouldn't a film studio, Mike? I mean, you've been in those executives. What, what do you think? I mean, I want to do something weird. Like, I want Shakespeare in like a grocery store. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is, but I want something that's like. Well, it's like the opposite. Like, I think that you know, like okay. we've made it. We've made such a big deal out of, and it's and it's great. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. so much. Well, so well. much of Shakespeare is kings and queens and it's king lear and it's macbeth and it's richard the third but like and succession falls into that category we're watching these people that live these lives that are like these larger than like anything that we're living like these rich huge lives and like to your to your point john like like being able to be in these playgrounds just based on who they are uh who they were who they were what the family they were born into and kind of going to the opposite way and just seeing like just a very humble uh, yeah, a grocery store, PTA yeah. meeting, like, I don't know, something that's just the opposite ends, but still people who are living these big, larger than life sweeping stories. I don't know. That's kind of like that, that, that something like that would be great. Something yeah. that's not what we expect. Cause to your point, John, mm. a film studio would be, would be great for a Shakespearean yeah. level story, but it kind of would follow a lot of those same stories of power and, mm. uh, and control and influence. And I kind of want to see that on a much smaller level 
but where people are taking it just as seriously. Yeah, I, I wonder for me, because of a massive football fan that I am in terms of, and I mean soccer, to see that on an international team. Yeah, Ted is yeah. fun for what it is. But the real drama, the real political machinations, the real uh, having Russian billionaires, having Saudi billionaires owning teams and essentially trying to wash their crimes by owning teams. Like there's a lot that could be explored Shakespearean wise on a grand scale with international football. If they could make that a, make that uh, make a kind of a show like that uh, with the HBO treatment, I'd be a million percent on board. and I'd cover that thing like crazy. So, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, is, is that good? Yeah. Sports washing. Yes. Yeah, sports washing. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. Let's wrap it up there. Thank you all so much for joining us. It means the world to us that you hung out with us tonight Had a great lively chat. You guys had some fantastic commentary and opinions as well, which we always value here on the show, uh, on the channel, uh, for sure. Um, Shannon, well, I don't, you know, well, we don't usually go the geek buddies route with this, do we? So, <laughs> Um, do you want to, yeah, Shannon, tell them where they can find you. Thank you very much uh, for coming yeah. on this. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Shannon underscore McClung. No Lord. You don't have to put it in there. <laughs> Think it. You don't have to type it. Uh, on Instagram at Shannon, the geek buddy. I forgot where it was for a second. I get caught up in my bit. Um, and you can see me every week with these two gentlemen right here on the geek buddies. And I imagine next month we'll probably be doing some, uh, Spoiler reviews of uh, Disney Plus's uh, Secret Invasion from Marvel. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, stay tuned for that for sure. Oh, you're the light there. Uh-oh. Uh, and Michael, thanks for taking the time to hang out with us tonight, brother. We know you're busy, so we appreciate it. Please let people know where they can find you and everything you got going on, my man. Um, you can find me at MKTune on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, you can find me every week here on the Outlaw Nation on the Geek Buddies as we do our geek news every week and do our spoiler reviews. As Shannon said, we'll be doing Secret Invasion soon. I'm sure we have some other shows coming up uh, down yeah. the pipe. I think Johnny and I might even be doing a little Strange New World uh, spoiler reviews coming up. Maybe. And uh, yeah, and I don't have to do the rest of what I do on Geek Buddies because we're not on Geek Buddies right now. <laughs> so I just hope you all have a really good night. Yeah. As for me, you can follow me at the Roku says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, the Outlaw Nation on Twitch. Please remember to subscribe to the channel down below. That's the number one thing. Subscribe and hit that bell button so you see when uh, live shows like this pop up uh, and you can come hang out with us and have fun with everybody else who's been in the chat who was always so great to hang out with us and do that stuff. So thanks for coming along with us on this journey for the succession reviews. We appreciate it madly. You all have been amazing with all your commentaries and your opinions and your uh, um, thoughts on everything. And it's been great to watch. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much for coming on. And, of course, thank you to these two gentlemen as well who joined us for the finale tonight. All right, y'all be well. Take care of yourselves. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new show here on the Outlaw Nation channel. Peace. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. 
You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.